0: On Enmeshed, we discuss crimes and situations that may be disturbing for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to Enmeshed, the show that reveals some of the most poisonous people come disguised as family.
0: Enmeshed family members are fused together by unhealthy emotions instead of the strong bonds that signal a well-functioning family. Boundaries are blurred, and unhealthy relationship patterns are formed. Hello, and welcome to Enmeshed, the podcast that explores family relationships and crime. I'm Amanda. And I'm Pam. And today we're talking about the eight-day crime spree that spanned a third of the country triggering a nationwide manhunt and ending in a shootout. Yep, we're talking about the Doherty kids, 21-year-old Ryan, 26-year-old Dylan, and 29-year-old Lee Grace. And we begin our story in Florida with a text message. There are many, many crazy parts
1: to this story that I'm excited to get into. But the thing that I keep coming back to is that they absolutely could have made it to Mexico if they'd just gone the speed limit in Florida.
0: I don't disagree, But let's begin in 2009 in Lacoochie, Florida, which is about equidistant from Tampa and Orlando. Then 19-year-old Ryan is exchanging sexually graphic text messages with a girl that he believes is 13. As disgusting as that is, it turns out the girl is actually only 11. In just one week, Ryan and this child had texted and called each other nearly 380 times. I won't go into some of what's been reported he said to her, because again, she was 11 and he was 19, but it's definitely explicit.
1: And he thought
0: she was 13. It's not like he thought
1: she was his age and then it turned out that she was 11. He was knowingly sharing sexual
0: content with a child. Gross. So Ryan was charged with sending a minor harmful information as well as lewd and lascivious conduct. Nearly two years later, on August 1st, 2011, Ryan pled no contest to these two felony charges. Now, his lawyers had explained he'd likely get five years probation, and they also argued in court that he had the mindset of a 14 or 15-year-old, not a grown man, which the judge seemed somewhat sympathetic to. But these text messages sentenced Ryan to two years of house arrest and 10 years probation. He also had to be fitted for an ankle monitor and register as a sex offender. That meant he couldn't have contact with anyone under 18. This sounds like a good thing for society, but the complicating matter for Ryan was that his girlfriend, Amber, was pregnant with their son. He was no longer allowed to be present for the birth of their child, And even if he was allowed to live with Amber and their child, he would not be allowed to take his son to school, ball games, or any of the normal kid activities as he grew up. Making matters even worse, his probation officer immediately informed him that 80% of people in his situation violate their probation and end up in prison. In Ryan's case, that would mean up to 15 years in prison. And a probation violation was looming down on him immediately. See, he needed two pieces of mail with his name and address in order to get an ID card that reflected his sex offender status, but his house in Zephyr Hills didn't have mail service at all. All he had was 48 hours to get two pieces of mail delivered to his house that he didn't even have a mailbox to or he was going to jail for 15 years. Ryan was panicking. There was no time to make this happen, and besides, he was under house arrest. The only other place he was allowed to go was to work at a construction site. So now we get to meet big brother Dylan and big sister Lee Grace. Dylan was also a construction worker who'd previously worked at the same company as Ryan. Lee Grace was a stripper with an on again, off again relationship with drugs. The siblings were incredibly close to one another, largely influenced by Dylan's loyalty to the Doherty legacy. When they were kids, their dad had developed an aneurysm that burst. As he was dying, he told Dylan to take care of his brother and to keep his chin up. Dylan was only 11 years old. Later, he'd say, quote, when you're 11 years old and your dying father tells you to do two things, both of them pretty damn specific, you're not going to forget, unquote. How sad. On August 1st, 2011, Dylan had no intention of letting his father down. For hours that evening, the three traded notes back and forth, worried that the ankle monitor could record conversations. They were hatching a plan. <laughs> ¶¶
2: planning an event with audio and visual needs but are not sure where to start waves entertainment can help waves entertainment is your premier full service management company with high quality custom solutions for any size event whether you are planning a large festival or concert a corporate meeting or wedding waves entertainment will power your event to excellence our team of industry professionals work closely with your vision to ensure your audience hears every word sees every detail and remembers the experience Our goal is to ensure your event is customized to fit your needs and provide professional-grade equipment to amplify your message. From live stage production and talent booking to vendor coordination, event staffing, and more, Waves Entertainment is your one-stop shop for the perfect event. Visit our website, wavesentertainment.com, or give us a call at 704-662-2435. That's 704-662-2435. Waves Entertainment, powering your event to excellence.
0: The next morning started like any other. Ryan's alarm went off at 6 for work. He got dressed and kissed Amber goodbye. Dylan and Lee Grace had stayed the night and Ryan joined them in the front yard. Instead of going to work, they filled Amber's Subaru with 10 guns and 2,000 rounds of ammunition. All of the Doherty's were good shots, but Dylan was particularly skilled with a firearm, and as such, his collection of guns was impressive. They grabbed some clothes, a jug of water, and some food. They even destroyed Lee Grace's phone before heading out. They were going to make their way to Mexico, but before they did, there was one thing left to deal with. Oh yes, the ankle monitor. Yep, the ankle monitor. About 20 minutes after leaving Ryan and Amber's house, they pulled over to cut off the ankle monitor and toss it out the window. There was no going back now, and almost immediately, they'd get themselves into even further shit. For the life of me, I can't understand why the siblings had Ryan drive that morning. Lee Grace was coming out of a Xanax fog, so she was probably pretty useless. But Dylan was calmer and more collected than Ryan. Remember, Ryan was risking prison time and never getting to watch his unborn son grow up. Of the two of them, he was the wrong one to have behind the wheel. Shortly after the monitor came off, he zipped past a Zephyr Hills police officer. Dylan yelled at him to slow down, which he did, but it wasn't long before his nerves were pushing the car faster down the road again. While he'd been able to slow down in time for the first cop, a second one started following the Subaru, siren and lights blaring. In a panic, Ryan hit the gas and Dylan grabbed one of the guns. The officer pursued them in a high-speed chase before Dylan shot out the cop car's tires. And then they were off. And remember, Dylan was an excellent
1: marksman. So maybe from their perspective, even if it meant alerting the police to their escape a little earlier than planned, it was best to have the crack
0: shot in the passenger seat just in case. That's a great point. And really, luck was on their side that day because even though the police should have been after them, somehow they were able to make it out of Florida 200 miles later. Now, if you're on the run, what do you need? cash That's right, Cash. That's part of why Dylan had packed so many guns, not just for a robbery, which we'll get to in a minute, but also to sell or trade if it came to it. It took them four hours after the high-speed chase and shooting at a cop to make their next big move. In Valdosta, a mid-sized town off of I-75 not far over the border into Georgia, the trio held up the Certus Bank at around 1230. They got away with just over $5,000 and no one hurt, but their license plate got snagged by the surveillance camera. Amber had reported the Subaru as stolen when she woke up, and after the incident with the cop that morning, law enforcement was on high alert. That's how the FBI got involved. By August 4th, the Federal Bureau of Investigation issued a nationwide alert for the Daugherty's, warning the public that they were armed and particularly dangerous because of how unusually committed they were to one another. Talk about enmeshment. And once you're in this far, you might as well just go for it. For days, the siblings drove through the Deep South, doubling back on themselves and generally trying to stay off the radar. And all the while, the media was having a field day. By the time the FBI had announced the manhunt, They'd put the Zephyr Hills shooting and the Valdosta bank robbery together. Headlines read, Doherty Gang on the Lamb. And siblings sought in shooting also wanted in Georgia bank heist. It was very Bonnie and Clyde, very old school, and very tabloidy with half-naked photos of pretty Lee Grace figuring prominently in the reporting. Of course, they had to make occasional stops and I guess they learned their lesson and let Dylan take the lead most of the time when they went into gas stations for provisions and to fill up the tank. He was able to keep his head down and casually buy whatever they needed before making a quick exit. Back in the car, they only took back roads using a paper atlas they'd picked up at a Walmart. Oh my gosh why do criminals always go to walmart you know you are on camera people seriously dylan would navigate while ryan would do most of the driving they looped in and out of impoverished towns in mississippi and arkansas back into mississippi again before making their way through louisiana and on into texas later Ryan would say how surprised he was by the sheer level of poverty they saw on this family road trip, if you want to call it that. I guess that's not too far off. I mean, they hadn't grown up well off or had much money themselves, but Ryan had not known just how boarded up and dilapidated so much of these backwood areas could be. The desperation they were passing by mile after mile added an extra sense of dread and almost an end-of-the-world mentality to Dylan and Ryan's mindset. I only leave out Lee Grace because she evidently did a lot of sleeping in the backseat. Now, something I don't totally understand happened. They'd made it into Texas within a few days, and their ultimate goal was to head into Mexico and maybe try to go even further south once they'd left the United States behind. But instead, they wind up in Colorado, which is decidedly north of Mexico. I know they were trying to throw the police off their trail, but it feels like they were so close to making it across the border. Why did they go north? Why? What were they thinking? Regardless of why, on August 9th, they went to an REI in Colorado Springs to buy camping equipment. Once they'd made it to Colorado, they'd all thought it was gorgeous and a great place to hide out. Later, Ryan would say, quote, I saw beautiful, amazing things. I mean, I would pull over to the side of the road. Fuck it. You know, it might be the last time we ever see things this beautiful, unquote, which I guess is pretty prescient of him. This trip to REI would be their undoing as they were spotted and the next day noticed they were being followed by an undercover police officer in a white SUV with a caged in backseat. They knew the jig was up and pulled off into another high-speed chase, this time pursued by multiple state troopers. As Ryan tried to exit, it was blocked by more cop cars. In a GQ article we'll link to in the show notes, Dylan explains to Ryan and Lee Grace that he'll be shot first, and then Ryan, and maybe police won't shoot Lee Grace because she's a girl. Lee Grace responds, quote, if they kill both of you, I don't want to be left alive. Unquote. At this point, Ryan is back on the road and trying to evade the troopers, pushing the Subaru to 120 miles per hour. The chase went on for 20 miles, with Lee Grace wondering aloud if it hurts to get shot in the head, and the three of them exchanging their I love yous. They had not anticipated armed cops lined up on the upcoming overpass or the spike strip that would send the car careening into the guardrail. I just want to point out that their mom, Barbara, put out a plea
1: for her children to turn themselves in. I can't imagine the anguish this lady has gone through
0: in her life. And that's when it was all over. Eight days on the run ends with Lee Grace getting shot in the leg as she tried to flee the crash, a disoriented Dylan being arrested in the road right by the totaled car and Ryan being apprehended quickly after running off in the opposite direction of Lee Grace. They were brought together to be transported to jail, and I just love the way that GQ article sums it up, quote, nobody had ever really existed for them but one another, and that morning they reached out through the chaos and felt one another's presence as they always had, unquote. Wow, what an incredible story. Their mom did speak out that she was relieved that her
1: kids were found and in custody. And of course, all three of them will spend decades in separate prisons for armed robbery, attempted murder of the Zephyr
0: Hills police officer, and a whole host of other charges. I believe it's something like 70 charges and a collective 74 years behind bars between all of them. I couldn't find out whether his request was approved, but Dylan and his lawyers were requesting that he be placed in the same prison as Ryan so he can watch out for him. Thank you for listening. All of our sources are in today's show notes as well as those important resources. You can find us at Enmeshed underscore True Crime Podcast on Instagram or Enmeshed True Crime Podcast on Facebook and let us know what you think. You can also get a behind-the-scenes look at the show and chat with us about any of the cases you've heard here or share case suggestions. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to keep up with Enmeshed and join us every Monday for fresh takes on stale relationships. Enmeshed is an Oh No production. Oh no!